Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus, I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. of Enlightenment. Uh, we have uh, Kay as our guest today. And as usual, that what we do here at Threads of Enlightenment is our guests. We consider it a privilege that they are able to share with us their wisdom as to how they got to where they are today, the processes, the all the tools that they utilize in order to become who they are today. So I'm going to let Kay introduce herself and then we will hear her story, and then we will get a chance to get the backstory, as I say, and uh, she can, we can all learn from her as she share with us her wisdom. Kay, welcome. Thank you for having me on here, Ken. I really appreciate it, and oh my goodness, I have been looking forward to this, definitely. Um, so a little bit about myself. So I am based in London, UK. I've been born up, uh, brought up and bred here. Um, I have traveled. I've had the luxury of traveling um, all over the world um, before the pandemic happened about for about five years and was living out of a suitcase, which I absolutely love. I know a lot of people don't like that, but I don't like sticking in one place. And so when the pandemic happened and I got stuck in one place, I'm like, oh my goodness, I was pulling out my hair. Um, but um, prior to that, uh, it's been a journey, Ken. It has definitely been a journey. I mean, going from a nine to five job and then jumping into building my own business, um, I did not know what to expect. And so 
I started off, you know, step by step. I am actually an award-winning author. I have my uh, copy of my book in the private royal library um, for the Queen of England, who actually wrote me a letter to tell me that she's got a copy of my book in there. Um, I was super excited um, about that. I've actually created a company called Uncensored Society. Um, I am a business coach as well, and I actually teach people on five main pillars of business, which is sales, marketing, finance, operations, and leadership. Um, Not forgetting about mindset and career and life balance also. I have my own podcast. Again, that's called Uncensored Society Podcast. I have my own podcast editing agency as well, which is called MakeYourMarkAgency.com. So there is a lot of different things going on. I'm also a speaker. I speak on digital events. Um, not live events as of yet um, because of the pandemic Um, but yeah there is many many different things going on at the moment I'm excited you packed a wonderful resume and um, (laughs) as I read all the things about the uh, the queen and what she did know that must have been an honor uh, to have that because as I mentioned to you I'm from British Guiana we refer to her as the queen mom so excited that you had that uh, take place in your life but I wanted to talk about uh, you mentioned that you're doing so much and that has been a journey uh, and that's what I'm interested and in. I know my listeners are interested in the journey because the place of where you are today is beautiful. It's it's just magnificent, all the things that you're doing, but you did not start there. And so I want to find out what happened. And I always say to people that we are in this zombie state until something happens to us, most of us, and it shakes us to the core. And then we begin to do the things that are necessary to grow. And those things usually start with a question. Now, Kay, what was your incident? And I always tell people they are usually breadcrumbs, which we don't notice. They're not living in awareness, but in, in the matrix, as they say. But once we begin to get that shaken and we are now awakened, what was your situation that caused that? Oh, my God, Ken. So there were many, many, many situations, right? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and I, and like you said, at the time when I was in it, I didn't know what was going on. But one of the things that I did learn was that, you know, life life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you, right? So that's one of the things that I've learned. Now, going back a bit, my 20s. My 20s is basically where it all started, where I was trying to figure out what I really wanted. And so the biggest lesson here is that you don't need to have it figured out from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? When people tell you when you, what you want to be when you grow up, you don't need to have the answer because that's what life is about. It's trying to figure out what it is that you're passionate about and that you want and, and striving for that. And so when people ask me what I wanted to be when I was, you know, when I'm older, I told them I want to be rich. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. I didn't, I didn't have a clue, right? I didn't know what I wanted to be when I was older. In fact, when I was applying for university, I did not know what to apply for. I knew I wanted to go to university, but no idea what, what course I wanted to do because I didn't know what I wanted to be when I was older. And so I literally, you know, any parent that's listened to this, they're going to think, oh, my goodness, how, how did she do this? But I literally remember going to the library, pulling up all these courses and scrolling down, closing my eyes and just pointing to the screen. And whatever my finger landed on was what I studied. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened to be law and criminology. 
And so I went and studied that. To be fair, I absolutely hated it. It was boring. I wanted to drop out. And I didn't. I just kept going because my friends pushed me to keep going, right? Um, if I could change things, I would go back and change that all because I hated my life in university. It was absolutely awful. It was I was bored out of my head. But at the end of the day, I got my degree. And so I got my degree and I still was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to be. All I know is I want to make some serious mm-hmm. money. Yeah. And so I, mm-hmm. in my 20s, I was going from job to job to job to job, like each one being completely different to the other. Like I worked in a magistrate's court for a little while. Then I worked in a college. Then I worked as a youth in a, in a youth center interpreting for deaf children. And then I was a hairdresser. Wow. And then I was an MMA fighter. Wow. And then I worked as um, a bookkeeper without any qualifications, right? But they hired me as a bookkeeper. I learned on the job. And then I became a police officer, right? <laughs> then worked in politics as a campaign manager. And a lot of these different jobs can. I had no qualifications, no experience. I don't know why these people hired me, but they did. (laughs) And a lot of the time I just learned on the job. And you know what it was? It was, I I need that challenge. I need that next, next point to progress. And once I learned that skill, I was like, okay, what's next? What do I do now? Mm-hmm. Right. And then just jumped into something else that was even different to the one, the thing that I was doing before. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't until I became an MMA fighter, right, that mm-hmm. I decided, oh, my goodness, I love this, right, because beating the shit out of people is so much fun, right? <laughs> and so I was like, this is amazing. Um, and I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is my career. I found it. And Mm -hmm. so I was training and training and I absolutely loved it. And then my coach told me that, Kay, you're ready. I'm I'm ready for what? He goes, you're ready for your first official fight. And I'm like, no way. He goes, yes. He goes, we're going to set out a day and your first fight is going to be in Thailand. And I was like, so excited for this. I trained even harder. Mm -hmm. And then it happened. Mm -hmm. I ended up in hospital. Wow. I ended up in hospital through training, right? Um, I uh, basically had my collarbone jabbed into my neck. My entire spine was altered. My hip, my knee, my ankle was all out of line. And I remember the doctors telling me that if I carry on fighting, then I will end up paralyzed. And so at that point, I was like, holy crap, I've got to stop doing this. I've got to find something else. And I ended up back to square one again, trying to figure out what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And so I decided to go online to find out what is out there. What's what what do people really need right now? What could I do? And so I came across, you know, this huge marketing campaign where they were looking for police officers. And Ken, I applied, but I applied on a complete joke, right? I never (laughs) thought I would get in, right? Because what you don't (laughs) see um, right now is that I'm actually four foot 11. 
right? <laughs> I'm tiny. And so I was like, there's no way I'm going to get through this. It's not going to happen, but let me apply anyway. Mm-hmm. A few weeks later, I got forms through the door from the Metropolitan Police saying that, you know, we want you to fill out these forms. It's basically a vetting form, you know, for you and yeah. your family and all of that. And I was like, mm, all right, let me just do it and send it off, you know, send mm-hmm. it off. And then they came back with another letter saying that, oh, we want to invite you to a day one assessment. And I'm like, what? Um, okay. And I, and I actually went to my mum and I was like, mum, should I even bother going? And my mum's like, oh, just go see what it's like. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Nothing, you know, you're not worse off. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Went there. And I'll tell you something. This was an experience in itself. It was nothing like a normal interview. It was a whole day thing. There were hundreds of people there. And I had to do role plays. I had to do a sitting exam. I had to do a one-on-one interview. Like, I remember when the role play started, they basically said, right, when the alarm goes off, go and stand in front of that particular door. And then the second alarm will go off. And that's when you enter. And what it was is you behind this closed door, something was going on. They didn't tell you what. You couldn't prepare yourself, but whatever was happening in this room, you had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so the second alarm went off. I walked into the store and I had this huge man that was at seven foot tall screaming and shouting at me. Right. And I saw this lady in the corner with a stop clock timing me to how quick I can defuse the situation. Wow. And they don't they don't prepare you for this, right? They mm-hmm. just want to see what kind of skills you currently have. Nice. And so I had this huge guy and I wasn't expecting it. And I'm four foot 11. I'm like, oh my goodness, he just needs to stamp on me like a fly, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> I managed to calm him down. I sat him down. You know, I took a statement from him you know, you know, find out what the issue was, you know, how we can best solve this. And he ended up calming down. And then the third alarm went, which was my time was up and I need to walk out of the room. Uh (laughs) Right. And then they said to me, right, you got another role play to do. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. Right. They're like, go and stand by this other door. When the alarm goes off, you walk in. And I was like, right, I'm ready for this huge guy that's going to come at me. Right. I was like, okay. Walked into the door. Oh my God. It was a different situation. I had a little woman crying. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, she's crying because she went to the shopping mall and has lost her child. So now I had to now defuse this again. There was a lady in the corner with a stop clock and had to kind of calm her down, get a description of the kid when she last saw him, you know, how long ago it was. Mm -hmm. Reassure her, tell her that we're going to find him. We're going to be checking the CCTV cameras, all this kind of stuff. The third alarm went, had to walk back out. And I was by that time I was like, I'm done. It was just the morning that I was done. <laughs> right? And so it was super, super intense. And then that was just the first part. I could go on on what happened the rest oh, of the day. But wow. at the end of the day, I was shattered. I couldn't wait to get home. My mind was like crisp. And then I, and I was like, yeah, I, I'm never going to get through. It's not going to happen. <laughs> a few weeks later, I got another letter saying... I passed and they want me to come for a day two assessment. (laughs) And I'm like, really? 
And now it was like the physical side of it, right? Mm-hmm. So that you have to do the, the running test and it's a bleed test. Yeah. You've got to be able to pick up uh, 35 kilograms. Ken, mm-hmm. at this point, <laughs> I myself at four foot 11 was 70 kilograms, right? So <laughs> I had to be able to pick up half my weight. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and so I'm like, should I do this? Shouldn't I? And again, my mom was like, We'll just do it, you know. Yeah, do I don't it. know what's going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I decided to hit the gym, you know, do a lot of running, a lot of, you know, picking yeah. up weights and stuff like that, and then went into my day two. Now, with the running, didn't have an issue. I was good at it, but it was difficult because you're doing the bleep test, and I don't know if you know about the bleep test, Ken, but mm-hmm. as you keep running, you get tired, but the bleeps get faster, and you got to keep up mm-hmm. with the bleeps right yeah yeah and so I managed to do that and then I was doing the weights and it's not just me doing it on my own we're doing this as a group there's a class of you right there was about 16 Mm -hmm. people together including me and I was doing the weights I was struggling I was struggling hard Ken Mm -hmm. right they timed you um and then when your time was up they'll just dismiss you and Mm -hmm. so I I was trying and I was trying and I was trying and I wasn't able to do it. Ken, I was the only one that failed in my class. Wow. Everyone else passed. Everyone else was dismissed. I had a female officer there. Now, these female officers, they're built like female wrestlers. They're, they're mm-hmm. huge, right? Mm-hmm. She goes to me, you, you're going to stay back, right? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So everybody went, took their coats, took their bag. And it was just me and this female police officer. And she goes to me, you're going to do this again. Mm. So I was like, okay. And then she got in my face. She told me how pathetic I was. She told me, how the hell am I going to go out on the streets when you can't even pick up 35 kilos? Like, everyone's going to think you're a joke. She got in my face, right? She didn't Mm -hmm. stop. And I had fumes coming out of my ears. I wanted to punch you. <laughs> I was so annoyed, right? But I knew I couldn't punch a police officer now. That wouldn't look good on me, right? And I, I, t- I, was, I was just enraged. I was seeing red. And then she tapped mm. me on the shoulder and she goes to me, stop. I'm like, okay. And she goes, look at your screen. She goes, you did it. You've passed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Holy crap. So she did all of that. And by the end of it, I'm fuming. I'm seeing red, but yet I've passed, you know? (laughs) And she goes to me, I knew you could do it. So I don't know where it came from or what happened or how she even figured out what my points were and what to trigger in order for me to be able to to pass this. No idea, right? So anyway, I ended up passing and all of a sudden, now I'm being invited to come to the police academy to do the training. And I'm like, holy crap, I guess this is what I'm going to be doing now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually doing that for two and um, six and a half years. Wow. Six and a half years, I was a police officer. And I actually wow. did progress. And for the last year and a half, I was a detective. Oh, my. Why? Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it, I realized it wasn't for me. I didn't actually like being a detective because there's a lot of desk work, office work, mm-hmm. whereas being a police officer, you're out on the streets actually chasing people, right, which was a yeah. lot more fun for me. <laughs> um, but anyway, I just carried on 
And then it happened again, Ken. I went to sleep one night, woke up the next morning, jumped into the shower. Soon as the hot water touched my skin, it started burning. So I jumped out and ran to the mirror to have a look, find out what's going on. And my entire body had come out in a rash overnight. No idea what had happened, what had gone on, because I was fine when I went to sleep the night before. And so I called up my friend whose mum is a nurse. And she basically says to me, Kay, get to the hospital now. And I was like, wow, what's going on? She was just get to the hospital now. So my brother drove me to the hospital, had all these tests done. And I remember waiting in the consultation room and the doctor walked in. And as soon as he walked in, he looked straight at me and he goes to me, you were lucky to get here when you did. And I said to him, what do you mean? What's going on? He goes, if you didn't get here when you did, your throat would have closed up. So I said to him, exactly. I was like, how? What's going on here? I was fine last night. And he goes to me, this particular rash is brought up when your body is overly stressed. Oh, wow. And so they always say stress is a silent killer. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize how much of a stress emotionally, physically, that and mentally that this job was actually putting on my body. And clearly it was. And it was a buildup because it doesn't just happen overnight, really. Right. And so I was like, oh, my goodness, like, I never thought my life would be on the line outside of being on duty. I always thought if I was to get her, it would be in the line of duty, (laughs) right? (laughs) And so now at this point, I was like, my life is on the line. So I need to quit this job. And that's what I did. I quit this job. I didn't have a plan B because I thought this was me until I retire because I've already been doing it for six and a half years. Mm -hmm. And so, again, life threw things at me. It tried to it wanted to redirect me to do something else. I didn't know what that was. And then I was like, okay, I quit my job. I'm going to have to sort myself out, my health out first. That's priority. I've got enough money for six months to figure this out, right? And I was like, okay, I'm not going to look for a job. I'm just going to sort myself out first. And so that on the last day, the last day was a Friday, and my friend called me. She goes to me, hey, why don't you come to this event? I'm hosting this event in central London. Come down and check it out. And I'm like, do you know what? Today's my last day can't be bothered don't want to speak to anybody want to be left alone and she goes no just come down and if you don't like it then you can leave and I was like okay fine so I went down there and came it was not my scene there was a bunch of people there suited and booted there were bankers there were accountants and I'm like oh my god what have I walked into and I just did what anyone else would do when they go to an event and that was walk to the bar and order a drink (laughs) and And so that's what I did. I went to the bar, ordered a drink. And as I waited for my drink to be prepared, um, this gentleman came over. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, another chat line, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he started asking me about my experiences, my qualifications, and, you know, my career and what I have been doing and skills. And I'm like, this is a really weird chat line. And I said to him, I'm answering all these questions. And I'm like, but who are you? Mm -hmm. And he goes to me, oh, he goes, I'm a member of parliament. And I think you'll be awesome on my team. (laughs) And I'm like, huh, okay. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I'm looking for a campaign manager. We have the elections going on. I'm part of Liberal Democrat Party. And I want you to join my team. (laughs) And Ken, I was like, well, I'm not doing anything else. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I started working for politics with Liberal Democrat as their campaign manager. (laughs) 
It came. I didn't last very long. I did not last very long. <laughs> what so I realised that politics has a lot more criminals than the prison system. <laughs> and so it wasn't for me. I was like, if I got that sick as a police officer, politics maybe it wasn't a good idea to go into. And so I maybe lasted um, about two months, and I was like, nope, this isn't for me. And so I quit. And they were like, oh, my God, no, when Liberal Democrat get in and we win the election, we want you there full time. And I was like, I started laughing. I go, Liberal, you know, like, that's never going to happen. And I'm like, no, you've got to stay positive. I'm not. I'm a realist. It's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> Liberal Democrat didn't win in the end anyway. Right. So anyway, I left that and I was like, OK, I'm back to square one again. Let's figure this mm-hmm. out. Um, And then at that time, I hired a personal trainer because I'm trying to make sure, you know, I'm healthy, you you know, I'm not stressed out. I'm I'm working on me as well. And so I had a personal trainer and she goes, Mickey, have you ever been to a seminar? I'm not a seminar, like university. She goes, no, a seminar when a speaker's on stage and they're talking about a particular topic. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it could be from mindset. It could be, you know, some sort of self-improvement business. And I'm like, no, not really. And she goes, well, I'm going to one now. Why don't you come with me? And I'm like, okay. And she goes. Your famous words, you know, Kay. It's it's okay. Uh, uh, Why not? (laughs) Ready. (laughs) And then she goes to me, the the person I'm speaking, his name is Dr. Martini. I'm like, okay. At this point, I've never heard of him. And she goes to me, have you watched or read the book, uh, The Secret? And I was like, no, I've never heard of it. And she goes, I advise you to read it. He is in that book. I'm like, okay. And I was like, what is it about? She was like, read it. It's about mindset and how we all view, you know, life as it is. And I'm like, oh, it sounds a bit woo-woo to me. Like, you know, it's a bit out there for me. She goes, no, just read it. Anyway... I read the book. It was really good. I even got the DVD afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Went to this seminar. I was listening to what he had to say. And as as we got to this venue, my personal trainer said to me, oh, I hope you don't mind. I brought another friend along with me as well. And I was like, oh, no, more the merrier. Mm -hmm. Um, I met this friend and everything. And again, she started asking me, you know, what are your experiences? What kind of jobs have you done? What do you want to do? What are your qualifications and all this? And at this time, I decided that I want to work in events. The reason why I want to work in events is because it's a lot more positive environment to be in than it was when I was a police officer. It's very negative, right? Mm -hmm. And you're there around people, you're talking to people, you get connections. It's it's such a positive vibe. And I wanted to go towards that side than the, the situation, the environment I was in previously. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that would help my mind, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically. Like, that would be a better place for me to be in. And so I said to her, this is what I've done, but I really want to get into events. Again, I have no qualifications, mm-hmm. no experience in events, never done it. But I've got an idea in my mind, and this is what I want to do. And she goes to me, oh, that's fantastic. I go, why is that? She goes, well, I'm working for a company, and they want to start an events division. And I think you'd be a really good person to help us out. Mm. And I'm like, really? And she goes, yeah, here's my number. Let me take yours. And she goes, I'll contact you in a week because we actually have an event in London, and it'll be great for you to come down and meet the team. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, to be honest, I was like, mm, you know, things like this don't really happen. Don't I'm happen. probably never going to hear from her again. Mm-hmm. Um, a week went by and she contacted me. 
She sent me the details of the venue, the times, where it's at, everything, and told me, be there and meet the team. And Ken, I was at the, you know, the point of, I'm not doing anything, so why the heck not, right? (laughs) I went down there and... What I didn't know that this company was actually an American company. Mm-hmm. And the entire team, apart from a couple of people, were all Amer- American. So they oh, all flew down. And I was mm-hmm. talking to management. They were American. I'm a Brit. They loved my accent, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was talking to them for like four hours. Wow. And at the end of this, you know, everyone was laughing. We had tears down our face. It, it, it was awesome. The events itself were about business. There were business events. And they said to me, you know what, we're just starting our events division, but we want to scale it. We want to grow it. We need to hire a team. The team that we've got right now, um, they're just here temporarily helping us out until we figure this all out. And they were like, we want you on our team. When are you able to start? And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, I can start straight away. I'm not doing anything. And you know what? Mm-hmm. There and then at that point, they started training me up. Wow. Right? Wow. And then they said wow. to me, what are you doing in two days? I'm like, well, I don't have anything planned. They were like, great. Make sure your bags are packed and you're at the airport because your first event is going to be in Malaysia. Wow. And so my bags were packed. I was at the airport and flew to Malaysia. And that's where it all started. And I was flying country to city to country to city. Each week was a different place. I was living out of a suitcase. My food, my, you know, drinks, everything, accommodation, flights were all paid for by the company. And on top, I was getting paid, right? This was before COVID, right? Before COVID. Yeah, before. This was in 2015. Okay. Okay. Right. So I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. Not only am I doing events, but I'm learning on the job. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm flying all over the world. Everything's being paid for. Like I'm on top of my game right now. Mm-hmm. And so as I kind of progressed and developed and I was shown the ropes um, on the job, um, I became the event manager, which was awesome. And I was working internationally. And then I was like, okay. I want to learn sales. I'm seeing the sales team bringing in all this money, and I found out how much commissions they get. And I was, I was like, I want a piece of that pie, right? How do I get into sales? <laughs> and so I went, I went up to the management team, and I was like, Look, I want to learn how to do sales. What can I do? And they were like, Oh, we were waiting for you to come up and ask us that. <laughs> I was like, Really? Why don't you just come up and ask me? You know, earlier on, why did you have to wait for me to figure this out? Um, but anyway, they started training me and I did, um, you know, the low end ticket sales first of $500, yeah. you know, a 997 and all this kind of stuff. And then slowly progressed and started doing the high ticket sales, which was like 60K, 100K, 150K. And within a year and a half, I became the number one closer in the company. And then I remember my CEO contacting me and he said to me, he goes, um, I've just bought a resort in Costa Rica. We're going to be holding our mastermind events there. High ticket clients, high ticket sales. And he goes, I want you to be part of the team there. Would you be willing to up and move to Costa Rica? Wow. And then I was like, well, there's palm trees, there's a beach, there's palm, you know, there's the sun. Why the hell wouldn't I? And he goes, oh, and by the way, you're going to be getting your own apartment, which will be paying for your own driver that will be driving you to your to the resort back to your apartment, vice versa. We'll be paying for your food and drink. Um, Hope that's okay. 
And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Are you okay, definitely? How old were you when all of this was going on? How old were you? Um, I I was in my thirties. I was about thirty. I was about thirty. Yeah. Okay. Right. So yeah, still young and having a blast. Yeah. Right. And so um, I got to Costa Rica. Amazing. Loved it. I love the mm-hmm. sun. I love the heat. I always say to people, I was born in the wrong country. You know, UK <laughs> always sees rain and clouds. Rain. <laughs> right. And so I absolutely love, absolutely love the heat and being in Costa Rica, it was amazing, right? And then they had excursions mm-hmm. there for the clients they used to go, you know, on yachts, on jet skis, snorkeling. Yeah. And guess what? We got to join in too. And I'm like, really? I get paid to do this? <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, I was like, it could not get any better. And then Ken, it happened once again. It happened again. <laughs> But this I'm sorry, time, I'm laughing. Is it's just um, it's crazy, right? This, it's absolutely crazy. I know. I think thing, that <laughs> there's this thing that I keep telling people that my uh, I went to this ashram, and this guru said this thing to to me, and it jumped from her lips straight inside of my being. She said, "Let life disturb your comfort," and it sounds like you are in the midst of this for several years. Life is just disturbing your comfort (laughs) definitely definitely but the thing is if it didn't disturb my comfort then I wouldn't know what I'm actually capable of doing right but this time it had nothing to do with my health it actually had nothing Mm. to do with me this time I was there in Costa Rica for three weeks had a time of life for three weeks the company then shut down. Whoa. All of a sudden, I've been evicted out of my apartment because the company can no longer pay for it. To pay anything, yeah. I had no food and water because the company's accounts got shut down. There was so now I'm in Costa Rica in a foreign country. I don't speak the language and I'm homeless. Mm, wow. And once I realized what had just happened, mm-hmm. I couldn't stop laughing to myself. I was in hysterics, <laughs> right? I'm like, this is just insane. It's crazy. It's absolutely ridiculous right now. And I saw my co-workers on the other side of the room, and they were they were annoyed, they were frustrated, they were blaming the company, they were pulling out their hair, they were crying. And they looked at me and they go, do you realize what's just happened? And I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm laughing, <laughs> right? Because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> and And... They're looking at me like, what is wrong with you? What's going on right now? And I said to them, I was like, do you not realize? And they're like, realize what? I go, when you think of the Tony Robbins of the world, the Les Browns of the world, they were all homeless at one point and now they're multi-millionaires. That means I'm going to be a millionaire. (laughs) (laughs) Because in my mind, I was like, you have to be homeless at one point to become a millionaire. (laughs) right but then I realized that my superpower is having a completely different perspective on everything yes yes and that's what got me through it and if I didn't have a different perspective I will be in this emotional turmoil and when you're in the emotional turmoil you cannot find a solution right you're you're so distracted. Your your vision is so foggy. You cannot focus on anything. And so, because I had this different perspective, 
And I was actually laughing about it and couldn't believe that I'm going to be a millionaire soon, right? Mm-hmm. I was able to get creative, think outside the box to find a solution. Yeah, yep. And what I did, what I did was I realized that even the company shut down, the resort itself was actually set up as a separate entity and it was still open. But it was being fed by the main company to keep it going. Now the main company wasn't there, which Mm -hmm. meant they still had bills to pay and they still had staff to pay but had no money coming in. Mm -hmm. So I went up to the resort manager and told her this and I said to her, I can show you how you can bring clients in. I can show you branding, promotion, marketing, all that good stuff that you need right now to keep this resort going. And she goes to me, how? And I showed her. And she goes to me, how the hell do you know how to do all this stuff? And I'm like, at these events, I'm at the back of the room absorbing all this information from all these different experts, from all these gurus, right, Mm -hmm. and learning bits and pieces of how to do this, you know, in business. And so... I showed and she goes to me, but we don't have the money. We don't have the money for photographer and videos and all this stuff we need. And I'm like, you don't need it. We already have it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I showed her how you can um, create new content from the content we already have. Mm-hmm. Right. How to promote it. And a lot of these platforms are free. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Or cost very little money. And then started bringing in clients. And I'm thinking, oh, if I can do this for this company, right. Maybe I can go to the other other resorts, other restaurants mm-hmm. on the on the coast and do the same mm-hmm. thing. But what I said to her, I was like, I will show you how to do this. I will do this with you. But in return, I need a roof over my head. I need food and I need water. Right? I'm not asking for anything else, <laughs> just the basics. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then I went to these other places and asked them for a little bit of money so I can raise the money to get my flight back home. Mm-hmm. Right? So I did that for about... I think it was just over four weeks and was able to raise the money, make sure I had a roof over my head, food in my stomach and water to drink. And then eventually got a flight to get back home. Right. And so once I did that, I got back home and um, I was like, okay, what the hell am I going to do now? I've got to figure out what I'm going to do in regards to finances. And so I started calling up all my different connections um, and then there was one person that said, oh, there's a, there's a guy in Australia and he wants to build his events division. And they're like, ding, ling, 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 that's me right there. <laughs> and so I spoke to this guy. Um, he flew me out to Australia, met with him, his team, and he was doing good. He was making like a million dollars a year, which isn't too shabby, you know, but he said that he knows he can do better and he wants to make more. He wants to um, have more events. And so we, I went through, you know, structure, procedures, processes, how we can change it, make it better, you know, make it bigger, hired new um, people on the team, train them up. Mm. Um, and in the first four months of working with them, he made his first million. So by the end of the year, he tripled his money, wow. you know. And at that point, I was like, oh my goodness, like I can do this for all these other businesses. Why the hell am I not starting my own business? And that's when (laughs) Uncensored Society was born. That is awesome. That is uh, interesting. I love that story. It's so much involved in that, um, how you get from one place to another. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It was just like, all right, let's do this. Let's do it. The thing is, what I realized is that, Everyone has choices. You may think you don't, but you do. 
You have a choice on whether you want to change your life or you want to stay where you are. Now, you can make a choice, and if you don't like it, you can say, I don't want to do this anymore. You have that choice, right? Just because you said yes to it doesn't mean you've got to keep saying yes to it, even if you don't like it. And so I was in that mindset that, okay, let me give it a try, and if it doesn't work out, I'll just say this isn't working for me anymore. Mm -hmm. You know? But, again, with all the different turmoil that happens, there are lessons to be learned, right? Good and bad. And that's why... I came to a point that I'm just going to, I'm not going to fight it. Why am I going to fight it? Let's just go with it and see what happens. Because there's a reason for it all, but we just don't know it at the time. And so all the skills that I built up and all the things that I went through was for me to be a stronger person when it comes to business. Because all those skills now, I can now put into business and then also inspire, motivate other people as well. People, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so this is a beautiful story. I love it. Okay. Um, And this is what I'm telling people about the process. Uh, That's why I come on and tell us what they're doing today. It's beautiful to have that, um, the the accomplishment, but people like yourself and other people right now is not the final story. It's just where you are right now. And so it's for us to go and grab that. But how did you get there? Like what you talked about, those different incidents and still how life came in okay you know trying to tap on your shoulder this is not it once you keep moving you life has a way that as you move it'll keep tapping on you and then some situation will happen because that's what's the beauty about this this life that we call this thing we call life is that situations come all the time and there is a situation that will present itself to you but like you said you have to be in that in an aware, an awareness, a sort of a hey, and then you begin to wake up. You're like, hey, this, I can do this. I can right. because they, uh, as you say, they are caught up because their perspective has brought on certain things into their life: depression, um, anxiety, um, all the other things come into their life and keep them in an emotional state that they're not able to make a decision on. So I try to tell people: you have to you have to come out of a emotional situation which are and make a as Spock would say, it is not logical. You have to come out to let your mind make that logical stuff. And and none of us know none of us uh, and that's what makes life so exciting is that every situation creates new opportunities to laugh and to cry and to grow and it makes life flavorable and so you have such i love when you were you were here you were there but when you put it collectively all of your situation this place now that you have gained wisdom that you can now assimilate and feed to someone where they can actually taste it understand it and create results like you've done to people so that's a beautiful thing i love your story and your accomplishment so now how did you write this book Kay? how did you come about go okay let me put this in a book form so again that happened by complete accident right <laughs> um so I, i'm for a long while i knew that i wanted to write a book i knew what i wanted to write about and um you know my story and like the different peer pressures and people not um having faith in you and you being the odd one out and not you know doing what everyone else should be doing and living life completely different and so 
Um, I knew I wanted to write this book, and it was at one of these events that I actually found um, a book a book writing coach. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, oh, my God, I need you. I need you to help me write my book. I have no clue how to start or do it, right? So he goes to me, oh, awesome. He goes, um, yeah, I can totally have you as my, one of my students. And he goes, and if the CEO, if your CEO is okay with it, I'll give it to you for half price. And I was like, really? And I looked at the CEO, I was like, you're totally going to do this for me, aren't you? And he goes, uh, I was like, yeah, you are, right? You are. And he was like, okay, then. I was like, perfect. And then now there was no excuses. I had a book writing coach that was actually showing me how to actually set all this up. And I actually um, locked myself in a room for 30 days, wrote the entire book out in 30 days, and then had my book launch um, in well, two, three months later in Toronto. Wow. Yeah, so that was really cool. And that's where I got the award. And guess what? Mm-hmm. Um, it was Bob Proctor and Dr. Martini who presented me with my award, oh, which was really? really cool. Yes. <laughs> it because it kind of went round circle, round right? Not knowing the secret and then going <laughs> to his event and all of that stuff happening, it just went round. And I was like, this is freaking amazing. That is absolutely beautiful. For circle in life it's uh, precious i know that you are such a busy woman and i thank you for coming by and um, i know that you have a few appointments that we had talked about and i want to make sure that you make that but um, i wanted to thank you for coming bring up such beautiful stories and such um, tangible things that we can touch and feel and get excited and laugh uh, about but the results that it gave to you and the people that you have served in their uh, through your life i just want to thank you so much for coming by to threads of enlightenment i'm going to put all of your things together and um, point all of my people to you to get to your podcast because I listened to a couple of it and um, the advice that you give to people about uh, businesses and, and the, all of the good stuff. All you entrepreneurs that are listening, that means every single one of you guys that have a podcast or are thinking about starting a job, you get to Kay's site and she has lots of information there that will save you a ton of stress like she had that was showing up in all kinds of forms. So she hired someone to uh, to teach her about books. Here you go, guys. Grab her. Grab a couple of her books. Listen to the podcast because in those podcasts, in the books, that's her with all the information and the wisdom that she has. So, okay, I want to thank you for coming by and I know you have to run, but thank you. I love your story and I adore it and um, that you trusted us enough to, to share all of that uh, beauty that you had thank you thank you Ken for having me on your podcast I really appreciate it um thank you for this opportunity and I hope a lot of your um listeners take a lot away from um take a, a lot away from this episode I hope so because I did I, I I've been laughing from the time we started <laughs> and <laughs> I am so excited about uh, some of the things I'm going to be following you and I'm going to bring you back so that you can uh, the next stage that you get to because um I can see you, um, you know, getting and making all that big money and the millions, as you said. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is going to happen. It is. (laughs) Since you're hopeless, you're homeless and so forth, I got to keep an eye on you. Right. But thank you so much for coming and I appreciate it. And um, I will uh, make sure that everyone comes to you and and that you can guide them uh, and help them to make the changes necessary in their life. Thank you so much, Kay. Thank you, Ken. All right. Bye-bye.
everyone who's listening to this podcast. We hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you. But always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. You can do this by hitting the heart button. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.